This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, awesome guys. Actually, this morning as, I'm, as we were, were praying, God just uh, laid something on, on my heart um, to share before, before I actually go into the, the word for today. Um, because the scripture says we must, we must always be ready to give account for why we believe. Amen? And I, and I feel there's, <clears throat> there's some of us here today that you've got the head knowledge of Jesus and the gospel, but it hasn't gotten to your heart because you haven't had an experience of a relational God yet. So I just want to share one, one story um, why I believe. There's a couple, but why, why do I believe that Jesus Christ is real? So a couple of years ago, we, myself and my wife, we were just praying in our room. And uh, as we were, were praying, God led it on our hearts. He led it on my heart to pray for my brother and his wife. Now, they were in, in the Cayman Islands at that time. Um, and we didn't quite know what was going on with them. But he led it on my heart to pray for them. So, and he led it on my heart specifically to pray for them. They would be fruitful and multiply, that they would have children. Like I said, I didn't know the situation. I didn't know if they were trying to have uh, kids or what was going on. Anyway, we were just, so we just prayed into that. And uh, that evening, I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw my sister-in-law coming to me, and she was pregnant. And then she told me that she's two months pregnant. So I said, wow, that's, that's amazing. So I woke up the next morning, and I thought, God, what must I do with this? This dream now, you've, you've laid it on a horse, and I had this dream, what must I do with it? And after some prayer, eventually I, I took the time and I typed out everything that had happened, everything that we'd felt in the dream, and I sent it to him by email. And I said, uh, only for Neil's eyes, only for my brother's eyes, you know. Not for my reader, don't read it. <clears throat> and I said, uh, you know, if, if this is not of God, then just delete the email, forget about it, and move on. Don't even tell your wife, because we know it can be sometimes sensitive to, to the ladies. Anyway, that was a, that was a Friday. The, the Sunday afternoon, we, we were playing touches here on Nahoon Beach. And uh, I see my phone ring, ringing, and it's my brother. And he doesn't normally phone me out of the Cayman Islands. So I picked up the phone and said, Yo, Stephen, you won't believe what happened. He said, the previous day, when he, he got home the Saturday from rugby practice, his wife was sitting on the couch with a pregnancy test showing that she's pregnant. And then later in the afternoon, they read my email that I share that God wants them to be fruitful and multiply and they're going to be pregnant. Isn't that amazing? And then, to make it even better, later then, uh, Marita, she goes and, you know, to do all the tests with the doctors and stuff. And the doctor says, at that point of time, when I sent the, the email, she was actually eight weeks pregnant. Two months. Can we give a clap offering to God? Amen. Why am I sharing this story? I'm sharing this story because it's a testimony of life and no one can ever convince me that God is not real. Amen. Because He's a relational God and He's even into the details of our lives. And I'm trusting that just through the sharing of that testimony, I'm saying God do the same in every person's heart and life here today in Jesus' name. Let each person that hasn't experienced you as a relational God, let them experience you as a relational God that is intimately and intrigued in every single one of your lives. Amen. 
Because once you've experienced stuff like that, then there's no more argument that can keep you away from God. Amen. Okay, but let's get into the, the Word. Um, so uh, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Stephen, Stephen Montgomery. I'm married to a beautiful wife, Yvette. She just did the announcement. Uh, and we've got two kids, Francie, three years old, and Jock. He's about 10, 10 months now. So we are like busy at the moment at, at home. They're a blessing, but it's also tiring and challenging. Some of the guys would know uh, it was, it's quite been a, quite a hectic couple of weeks. Actually, I don't know if it's uh, ladies in general or moms in general, but somehow Yvette's, had, Yvette's got this amazing capacity. Like I was in, in Germany for a, a week, two weekends, and she was looking after the kids, obviously on her own while I was away. Um, and uh, the kids were a bit sick and not sleeping well. So with it, between the two, she's basically awake the whole night for like a, a week or 10, 10 nights. And I come home, I'm like well rested, you know, being in Germany, not having kids, so I can actually sleep through the night like a normal person. Um, and uh, so I come back and I'm so rested. But uh, Francis, she starts getting sick and she starts vomiting, blah, 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 blah. After one week, I am totally kished. I'm like, time out. I need a break. I need a holiday. I am totally man down. Like last weekend at the men's camp, people had to pray for me. I just needed recovery. And again, I went away for the weekend and my wife was alone with two, two kids. Um, so I'm just amazed and she just keeps going. Uh, I, was, I, 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 don't, I can't un- explain it. I don't understand it. Um, but I love her so much and uh, she's just, I just thank God for, for her um, and for the capacity that God has given her to be a mother. Amen? So... Um, that's a little bit about me. What, what I do, at, at, I work for Mercedes-Benz, and what I do in, uh, in Mercedes-Benz, in our, in our team, I coordinate projects. Um, so when new projects come in, I, I coordinate the projects and, um, for our, our team. And what we do, um, and what we do in, the, in the projects with Mercedes-Benz, we have these things that we call quality gates or quality checks along the way in the project. As we lead up to the introduction date of a project, we have these uh, quality checks, right? And these quality checks, we ask certain questions. We check if certain milestones has been reached and if we are still in track to basically meet the, the end goal of introducing the project successfully. Now, these quality checks, these quality gates, they are extremely important uh, for the success of the project, of any of our projects. And actually, if we didn't have them, I think most of our project would actually fail. But because we have these steps, these checks along the way leading up to the introduction date of the project, um, most of our projects are actually successful because we can take account, we can see where are we at, what needs to do, we can write down some measures to get back onto track, um, and eventually we can eat the main goal, right? So why, why am I sharing this with you? I'm sharing this with you because this morning I believe God wants us to, to actually stop, to stop with our busy schedules to stop with our busy lives and the things that's happening and to actually take account and look into our lives, not into our projects, but look into our lives and do a quality check on our lives and to see where are we going. If we continue on this route, where will we end up? Are we still on the, on the route for His purpose? Are we still on the route for our life's mission, our life's calling, our life's purpose? Or have we somehow gone a bit off route and we need somehow to get back. Where are you at? Are we still following the, the goals that God has put on our hearts or have we gone off track? So today we're going to um, be very practical 
and we're going to do a quality check in our own lives and see which direction is our lives heading to, okay? Because we don't want to be at our deathbed one day and look back and say, yo, I wish I'd done things differently back then or then or then. Now we have an opportunity to still make a change. I mean, let's, let me read you this, this scripture from Psalms 15, 115, verse 17 and 18. Dead people cannot praise the Lord, but we can. Those who sink into the silence of the grave can no longer give glory to God, but we can. So let's praise the Lord. Let's begin now. Let's say now. And let it go on until the eternity is done. So what is, this, what is the scripture saying? Why, why do I want to do a quality check? Why do I want to stop and actually do a quality check in my own life? Why should we stop often and do quality checks in our lives? The scripture is saying, guys, when, once we're dead, there's no longer decision making. There's no longer choices to make and, and actions to take or decisions to take or things to do. Now we have an opportunity. We are still alive. We have an opportunity to change our lives. We have an opportunity to, to think about what is going on in our lives and redirect our lives and the path that we are on. So why do we want to do a uh, stop? Why do we want to do a quality check? Because life is short. Who can agree with me? And time is flying. It's mid-March, 2019, mid-March. January, February, half of March is gone, 2019. That's like crazy. I don't know. It feels to me like it's, I've closed my eyes and boom, two and a half months. It's gone. Time is flying. And the reality is we only have one shot at it. We only have one chance. We maybe have 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. That's it. Then it's done. For most of us, it means we have like what? 40, 50, 60 years left, 30 years left. But this morning, I want to tell you, you still have opportunity. We still have opportunity to, to change some things. That's why we want to do this morning a quality check. check. And we're going to get practical, like I said today, and actually think about uh, what's happening in our lives. Even though our lives are so short and we only have one shot, your life is significant. My life and your life is very significant. Why? Because it affects or it determines the following three things. It determines the fulfillment. Whatever we do, the actions we take and the decisions we make, it will determine how fulfilled we are in this life. It will determine the legacy that we leave for our kids and our kids' kids and the generations to come. The actions that we take today and the decisions we make will actually have a, a lasting effect on the, on the legacy and as well the actions that we do in this short life, this blows me away, but this short period of time actually determines where we will spend eternity and how we will spend eternity. So, so let's look at those, those three, three areas. We're still on the why part. Because <laughs> I want to convince you this morning why it's important to actually stop and often stop and do a quality check in your life. So fulfillment. Let's look at uh, Matthew 6, verse 33. So above all, consistently chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Say abundantly. So what is this scripture saying? It's saying, guys, if you want fulfillment in this life, build your life 
build your purpose and your mission and your goals in life, build it around the kingdom of God. Build it around the purposes of God and all these lesser things, everything else he will add to it. He will add onto us. He will give it to us in abundance. If we want true fulfillment in life, then let's build our lives around the kingdom of God. This next scripture there, Proverbs 8 verse 18. Unending wealth and glory come to those who discover where I dwell. The riches of righteousness and the long satisfying life will be given to them. Isn't that beautiful? The riches of righteousness and a long satisfying life will be given them. So if you want the riches of life, you want a long satisfying fulfilled life, the scripture is saying, then we need to discover where he, where he is. We need to discover where Jesus is. In other words, we need to seek his face. We need to know him. We need to have a relationship with him. Our life should be built around him and seeking him and discovering him. And God is giving us this amazing promise. He says, and you will have a long, you will satisfying, you will have a long satisfying life and the riches of righteousness. Sure. Isn't that amazing? So why? Why do a quality check? Because I don't know about you, but I want to have a fulfilled life. At the end of this life, I want to be able to lie on my deathbed and say, wow, I was fulfilled in this life. My life had meaning and purpose. The second one there, leaving a legacy. This life determines what, what legacy we, we will leave behind. Proverbs 13 verse 22. The benevolent man leaves an inheritance that endures to his children's children. Okay, what is it saying? The benevolent man leaves an inheritance that endures for his children's children. In other words, the wise man, the man that builds his life around the kingdom of God, around seeking God's face, he actually leaves an inheritance, he leaves a legacy, not only to his children, but also to his children's children. God is saying to us that this life that we live is so significant, it will impact generations to come. When David was a shepherd boy in the field, he didn't know how encouraging his life story would be for us today. Amen? But through what he went through and decisions that he's made, his life is a super, it's an encouragement and leaves a legacy for us. And our lives can do the same. God wants us to leave a legacy for our children, our children's children, and the generations to come. Look at this, Psalms, 20, uh, Psalms 2 verse 8. Ask me, God is saying, ask me to give you the nations and I will do it. And they shall become your legacy. So what is it saying? It's speaking about nations and it's speaking about souls and it's speaking about kingdom, people coming into the kingdom of God. And the scripture is saying, guys, let's dream bigger. Don't think of your life so small. Think bigger. Ask bigger. Ask with boldness for the nations. Don't pray for your life and your family life and maybe the complex's life <laughs> or Beacon Bay's life, but ask me for the nations and I will give it to you as an inheritance. I will give it to you as a legacy. We have the opportunity to birth something in prayer and birth something that our children will reap from. They will reap souls from nations. Why? Because we have made a choice in this short life to say, yes, God, give us the nations, give us souls for the kingdom. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that encouraging? What God has for us. Let's dream bigger. 
So who wants to leave a legacy? Who wants to leave a lasting legacy? Amen? Me as well. This is why it's so important to stop and do quality check and see what are we busy building? Where's our life going? What legacy will we be leaving behind? Third one, eternity. Matthew 6 verse 19 to 20. Don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. Stockpile heavenly treasures. Life is short. It's flying past. But it's super significant because it, it determines where and how we will spend eternity. I don't actually grasp that. Even as I'm saying it, I, I don't fully understand that even. But somehow I know it's big. Somehow I know it's like, it's, I must say or something. Because it's, it's really big, but I don't understand it even myself. But it, this life, it doesn't only determine if we're going to heaven or hell. It also determines when we enter heaven, will there be riches and treasures stored up for us, or will we just make it? <laughs> How will we spend eternity? Are we building up treasures for ourselves in heaven that we're going to be enjoying for eternity with a loving Father that is waiting for us, with Jesus busy preparing a home for us? This life determines eternity, where we will spend and how we will spend it. Okay, so this is why. This is why we want to today actually get very practical right now and think, take some time and actually think what is going on on our lives. Because I want to be fulfilled in this life. And I'm sure you do as well. I want to leave a legacy and you said you want to as well. And I want to make sure that I'm going to eternity in heaven firstly. But that's the easy part. That's the part of surrendering to God accepting Him as Lord and Savior, and there's actually nothing more for us to do. It's just about surrendering our lives totally to Him as Lord, and He does the rest. Through Jesus Christ, it is done. But then there's a portion of us actually making decisions and living our lives. And with that portion, we determine what riches are going to get stored up. And I want to have riches when I enter heaven. Amen? Anybody want riches when you enter in heaven? Okay. So, I'm going to talk you now through an acronym or STOP. STOP is actually an acronym. And uh, it stands for, STOP stands for Stop, Think, Observe, and Proceed. Okay, so all of you, please get out your cell phones or tablets or books with some pens because we're going to now get practical and actually spend time in writing down some things. So would everybody please get out something to write down or type on. Because we're going to trust now that the Holy Spirit will actually share some things to us personally when we do, when we practice this. Everybody ready? So we're going to practice this morning because I want to encourage you to do the same thing in your life. We need to do this as often as possible so we can stay on track. So stop. The first one, stop. What does that mean? It means to, actually, means to actually stop with what you're doing, stop with the busyness of life, set aside some time to think. Stop with the busyness of life, stop working, stop family life, 
and set aside time alone to think. That's the first step. So well done, we're all doing that already because you're sitting down, you've stopped working. So that's the easy one. But when you practice it at home, you need to actually be diligent to get away from your normal situation. You need, you need to get into the room, be alone. Okay? But this one we've, we've ticked. So we'll go on to think. Think. What do we think about? So when we think, we, the first thing we, we want to ask you say is, we want to say, what is the purpose, what is our life's mission or life's purpose? What is my life's mission or my life's purpose? You want to be able to answer that question, okay? And when we think life, mission, life, purpose, we think in terms of because we want to fulfill life, because we want to leave a legacy, because we want to spend eternity with a loving God, we think about God's kingdom and we, we want to think, what, what does my life purpose look like when I want to build out the kingdom of God? I want my life purpose to reflect God's purpose, to reflect what's on God's heart. Are you with me? I want to be building, with my life's purpose, I want to be building the kingdom of God. So this is what we keep in our mind when we think about our life's purpose. It doesn't have we help we have this beautiful purpose in life's mission, but it's got absolutely nothing to do with God's kingdom. <laughs> Amen? So you want to think, and for this morning, I'm going to help you a bit because sometimes that, that takes a bit of time to think about your life's purpose and mission. So we're just going to ad- adopt Shofar is London's mission statement. And the mission statement for Shofar is London is together living out the fullness of Christ. And that is a beautiful mission statement, by the way. It's totally built around the kingdom of God. And if you don't have a mission statement already, just save yourself the time and adopt that as your personal mission statement. Together, why? Because as individuals, we cannot live out the fullness of Christ. We need the body of Christ. We need the body of believers. We need to be plugged into community But together with other believers, we can actually live out the fullness of Christ. When we speak about the fullness of Christ in this mission statement, what we're talking about, we're talking about the fivefold ministry. We're talking about the prophetic flow, which Andre often speaks about, and that's in his book, the fivefold ministry. So the prophetic flow, the evangelistic flow, the the pastoral flow, the teaching flow, and the apostolic flow. These rivers, these cultures. We want to live out these cultures. Why? Because we want people to taste of this culture. And Jesus is found, the fullness of Christ is found basically in all five of these cultures together is the fullness of Christ. Okay, so let's just make that our, our mission statement or our life's purpose this morning. But what we're going to do now, I'm going to give you three to five minutes and we're just going to sit. There's going to be some background music. And I want you to think about goals. What is my goals? Write down goals. What is my goal that actually contrib- contribute to that mission statement, to my mission statement? What are goals that I can set in my life that can contribute to that mission statement of my life? And we're going to do SMART goals, another acronym there. So when you write down your, your goal now, it needs to be SMART. It needs to be specific. A goal must be specific. It's not something out there. It's specific. It must be measurable because afterwards you have to be able to say, I've accomplished it or not. It must be achievable. So rather write down less or more simple goals that you can reach than this one big end goal. Rather write down more simple goals that's actually achievable. It must be relevant. Relevant to what? It must be relevant. It must actually be relevant to your life's mission. Amen? To your mission statement. It doesn't help you have these goals, but, or I have these goals, but it's actually totally in the wrong direction from 
my life's purpose. It must be relevant and it must be timely. The T, it must actually be timely. There must be a time, there must be a date, there must be a due date so that I can actually measure myself at this point of time. I need to be accountable to say, yes, I achieved this goal or not. Okay, you ready? So there's just one example there of how you can write it and then we're going to do it. You, can, you always start with I will. And in this example, it says, I will join JP and Kim's life group from the second term with greater than 80% attendance. Okay, it's smart because it's very specific. It's joining a life group, but it's also saying I'm joining JP and Kim's life group. Very specific. It says it's measurable because I'm saying greater than 80% attendance. I can measure that afterwards. It's achievable because it's so easy to sign up for a life group. Just go to the back and sign up. It's relevant because being part of a life group and being plugged into community is part of the together living out the fullness of Christ. And it's timely because it's second term. I know by when I need to sign up. Okay, so that's just an example. But I'm going to give you now three to five minutes. Everybody, let's go. Let's try at least one goal. But if you go quick, two or three goals. Let's write down some goals. I don't want anybody to talk with one another. Our lives are busy enough. This is now an opportunity for you to take three or five minutes and actually think. Okay, also maybe not done yet, but that's at least a good, good start. Okay? So then we're going to go on to the second, or the third step is observe. Okay, so now that you've got, you've got your life's mission and you have some goals, you know where you want to go, right? But in this step, observe, you actually take account for what is currently happening in your life. What are you currently busy with? So the first two questions that you want to ask yourself, what am I pouring out my life into at the moment? What are the things, the activities currently that I'm actually pouring out my life into? What are the things that consumes most of my time currently? So first, we're going to answer those questions. We're going to write down those things. Currently, I'm pouring out my life into this. Most of my time in my day goes towards this. Okay? Once you have that written down, we're going to ask the next question. We're going to say, are the above-mentioned things, are these activities actually helping me to reach my goals or not? Are they going towards my goals or is it some other things that's keeping our life busy? Then we're going to say, if it's, if it's towards our goals, perfect. If it's not towards our goal, we need to ask the question to ourselves, what am I going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? What am I going to do? What am I going to stop and what do I need to do to actually get back on track towards my goals, which is towards my mission statement? And then lastly, we're going to say, how many goals have I actually achieved? So this is not so relevant for this morning, but when you actually do that, when you get into the habit of doing this stop and quality check, you'll be asking this question, okay, how many of my goals have I actually achieved by now? And do I need new goals or do I need more goals? It's good to get practical in our lives. Now, it's been said that uh, failing to plan is planning to fail. Yes, we are spirit-led on the day, on the moment, but God has also given us a brain and He's given us ideas and He's given us a purpose in life to, walk to, to work towards. Amen? He wants us to actually partner with Him and plan with Him and dream with Him. And then we are spirit-led in that. And He can change our plans. We are open to that. But it's fine. We put something on the table and say, God, this is what we think. This is what we have. Come and change, Lord. Come and lead, Lord. Come and guide, God. But we bring our portion. Amen? This is a partnership. So the last portion there is 
proceed. So after we have our, our life's mission and our goals, and we've observed what's going on currently in our life, we ask ourselves the question, are we en route to fulfill our life's destiny and our purpose and our mission statement? If yes, then proceed. Let's carry on. If no, then uh, what changes do I actually need to make to get back on track? What are the measures that I need to put in place? What changes do I have to make to get back on track? And I want to encourage you to actually do this stop and quality check in your life as regularly as possible. Because the more often we do it, the smaller the changes and the measures are that we need to put in place to get back on track. You don't want, like I said, at the end of your life to come and then, whoa, I'm totally missed the purpose of my life. Because along the way, I haven't been checking. I haven't been checking in. I haven't been searching my heart, searching what's going on in my life. Okay, just to remind us, so why are we doing all of this? Because we want to have a fulfilled life. We want to leave a legacy. And we are interested in living eternity with God in heaven. We don't want to miss the boat. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.